0: Scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, verses 4 through 20. Hear the word of the Lord. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. This is the word of the Lord. One of my favorite pastimes is to go to the mall and to watch people. I like to shop, don't get me wrong. But getting to watch people do interesting things out in public for everyone to see, when they may not really want to do these things in private, brings more joy to me than just about anything that I can buy. So I'll go to the mall a good bit, and I'll find a place to sit, and I'll just watch people. But you have to be careful when you watch, or especially if you're going to follow them if they move from one store to the next and you're pretty sure they're going to do something interesting. <laughs> you have to be very careful because there's a fine line between stalking and following to see the amusement that will come. It's kind of like hunting. You have to be quiet. You have to be sly. You have to be clever. You have to make it look like you actually are shopping for something so that they don't get scared and run off. And if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you'll get to see that one person do that one thing that makes you laugh so hard you feel like you're not going to be able to stand up. Well, I encountered that this past week. I found a couple walking through a local electronics store in the mall. The guy had been complaining about how much something was overpriced in this store and how he could find it cheaper on Amazon online. He was going on and on about how this store was just ripping everybody off. And the woman looked like she was completely aggravated with this guy. My guess is this was not the first time that this had happened. Probably not the first time this had even happened that day. But I could hear him mutter in his frustration, I bet I can find it cheaper on Amazon. And and the first thing he did was he stuck his hand into his pocket and he dug out his phone. And he began staring at that screen. He focused all of his attention on this screen. And then he started to walk. He was frustrated. I could tell he was frustrated, but he had a mission. And that mission could only be fulfilled by looking at this phone. And apparently walking. I don't know where he was walking. But this whole time that he's walking, he's staring at the screen. And then this woman starts going on and on and on about how he is making such a big deal out of something that's not really that big of a deal to begin with. And then I saw it. I saw it coming. There was this little part of me that hoped that this man wouldn't see it. I know it's bad, I know it's wrong, but I knew that it was going to be funny, and I really hoped he didn't look up. And then the woman who was walking with the guy, she saw it too. About 10 feet in front of this man stood a metal column that was holding the ceiling up. He was walking right toward it. The woman started telling the man that there was a pole in front of him. And he kept staring at that screen, and he kept walking, and he nodded his head and said, yeah, okay, all right. And he was still fuming. And never heard a word that this woman was saying. Just before he walked into this pole, I looked at the woman's face. And you could see that expression on her face change from concern that he was going to walk into a pole to, all right, you're going to get it, and you're going to deserve it. This isn't the first time you've done this to me. You might end up finding this item cheaper on your phone, but it's going to cost you a bruise on your forehead." Well, by this time, this couple had quite an audience on the computer aisle. They were all watching because they saw the fate that this man was about to meet. Everyone got quiet. It felt like time started to slow down. And then the gasps began. You could almost hear out of everybody, Don't do it. Don't do it. But nobody wanted to say that. And then the other noise. Dong! (laughs) That hollow ringing. I'm not sure if it was the pole or the man's head. But he thudded onto the ground, and then this poor fellow had walked right first into a column, holding up the ceiling. Well, the column didn't give. The ceiling didn't give. This man, he hit the floor. He hit that pole pretty hard, and all the people that were watching, they were a little concerned. I mean, he walked right into it. But then we saw him get up to his feet. His face was beet red from embarrassment. It's not every day that you walk into a pole, and then you realize everybody in the store has been watching But he had focused all of his attention in the wrong direction. He was so focused on something that made absolutely no difference in his life, really, that he could not hear the warning that he was walking right into something that was going to hurt him. Well, Samuel. Samuel was one of the prophets of Israel. God chose him to help guide his children. And for most of his life, Samuel had done a very good job of that. The passage that we just read a few minutes ago lets us know that Samuel's children weren't necessarily following in Samuel's footsteps very well. Samuel had some bad kids. Even these people who were not very holy in Israel could recognize that they didn't want these children leading them. So they come to Samuel. They come to Samuel, and they say, Samuel, we need a king. Your kids aren't doing very well. We don't know that they're going to lead us very well. We need you to give us a king. You're getting old. You might not be around forever. You you need to start talking to God and find us a king. They're okay with this. They think they want a king. Samuel's upset. Samuel realizes they already have a king. And so Samuel starts praying to God. He says, God, they want a king. God says, Samuel, this is what I need you to tell them. This is what this king's going to look like. This is what it's going to look like if they have this king. This is the way their life will play out. Let them know. Let them know. They think they want it. If they still want it, we'll do it. But let them know. See, some of these leaders started pitching a fit because they wanted to be just like every other nation. All these other nations around them had kings. Those kings ruled with an iron fist. They seemed to provide for their people. They also took from those people. They lived off of those people. They fed off of those people. But they wanted a king with a, a golden crown and a, a mighty scepter. They wanted people to be able to look at them and see how great they were. So Israel decided they wanted this king who would sit on high. And he'd reign over them. Well, Samuel heard all these leaders. And, you know, that really, really bothered him. God had always been there for them. Ever since they had come out of Egypt, God had been there. He promised that He'd always be there for them. They just had to be faithful and loyal to God. See, this king, he's going to take their children into battle. They're going to be disposable instruments of war. They're going to run in front of the chariots. They're going to serve this king. They'll wait on him hand and foot. Everything that these people have, everything they grow, everything they make, it's going to belong to the king. Having a king may not be everything that they want. I don't know about each one of you, but if I heard this warning coming from one that God had appointed to come and give me this warning that this is the way this king would turn out, I don't think I'd want that king anymore. I think I'd be okay with God being my king, being the focus of what it is that I wanted. But that's not what happened with these people of Israel. They heard God's warning from the lips of Samuel. They decided that they still absolutely had to have this king Because they wanted to be just like everyone else. They spent so much time looking at what everyone else had. They spent so much time focusing on what they did not have that they no longer saw the danger of what it was that they wanted. They were focused on getting a king. They were so focused on it that it blinded them to everything else going on around them. They were so focused on everyone else that they could not hear this warning that there was a column right in front of them that they were about to walk into. Thank goodness we're absolutely nothing like that, right? Thank goodness we never find ourselves so focused on all of these things that we feel like we have to have that will make our lives so fulfilled that it takes our focus away from God. Thank goodness we never have things in our lives that become so big and so important that they take us away from being the instruments of faith, and hope, and peace, and love in the world, the people who build God's kingdom with God. Why don't we take just a moment to think about some of those things that we get so focused on that we become blind to the dangers that they present in our lives. What about work? What about work? You see, work can be one of those things that causes us to be so focused on it that we end up doing things that we really don't want to do, and in any other circumstance, we probably never would do. We end up spending so much time at our jobs and so much effort in our jobs because we feel like if we work more or we work harder or we we, we keep chasing this dream of getting everything done, that it will take stress out of our lives, don't we? How does that work out for you? See, spending all this time at our jobs, bringing that work home in our heads or, or physically in our cars, how much time does that take away from our friends? How much time does that take away from our families? How much time does that take away from our prayer life or or from our study of God's Word? How much time does that take away from us being able to be involved in small groups or or teaching Sunday school or, or doing any of these things that you feel like God's calling you to do but you just don't have time to do? Martin Luther, one of the famous theologians in Christianity, once said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to have to spend the first three hours of my day in prayer? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you even said, I've got so much to do today, I'm going to have to spend an extra 20 minutes in prayer? That's a lot. Seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? But do you think that if you prayed just a little more, that it would put your focus back on God? Do you think if you prayed just a little more, it might change your priorities? Do you think if those priorities change just a little bit, that, Maybe some of that stress that you're trying to have go away by working would actually start to go away by praying. What about having things? What about having material things? Are you focused on having bigger and better, fancier, more expensive things? Do you look around at what other people have, homes, clothes, cars, country club memberships, phones, jobs, whatever it may be? Do you look at those and think, I have to have them? Or I have to have a better version of those? Spend all your time Do you spend all your time thinking that what you don't have means that other people aren't going to like you? Do you spend all your time thinking that because you don't have this or you don't have that, that maybe God won't like you? Do you spend all your time thinking because you don't have this or you can't get that, that you start to believe that you don't even like yourself. When you start focusing on only having bigger and better and fancier things in our lives, it's kind of like eating a big candy bar before you go to bed without brushing your teeth. Hang with me on this one. <laughs> that thing that you think is going to be so good, so sweet, so satisfying, so fulfilling, it actually ends up rotting your teeth without you even realizing it. And if you do that enough times, if you eat that candy bar enough times before you go to bed without brushing your teeth, it won't be long before you have cavities all throughout your life. That dull ache will never seem to go away. It'll get to the point that if you do anything, it will cause you pain. It will cause you to suffer. Focusing on having those material things That can be a dangerous column that we might all be walking into. Some of us find a way to focus all of our attention on chasing a certain look. We spend so much time and money listening to what these magazines and these televisions tell us we should look like. We have to be thinner. We have to be more handsome. We have to be able to grow awesome beards. We have to have less wrinkles. We have to be stronger, faster, or have different color hair. Before we realize it, we start not really liking ourselves. We're not real comfortable with ourselves. We started to think that we aren't pretty enough to be loved or we aren't handsome enough to get the promotion, whatever it may be. We aren't this, we aren't that. How quickly we forget that God made each one of us and breathed his holy breath into each of our physical bodies. Those bodies that God made and called good. We not only forget that God made us, we forget God. We start to forget God. We start to worship the person we are instead of worshiping the God who made the person we are. This is the beginning of summer. Some of us are going to start focusing all of our attention on going to the beach or going to cookouts or hanging out with family or going to this place or going to the mountains or, or doing all of these things that seem so fun. Focusing our attention on not focusing on those things we normally do. Because we need a break, right? All of these things are good. They're fun. They allow us to have connections with other people that we don't normally get to have. But be careful. Be careful. We have to be careful that... Focusing on these things to take our attention off of these other things that may be dangerous could in and of itself end up being dangerous if we end up taking our focus off of God because we're so busy looking at all these other things. There's all sorts of obstacles that we have in our lives. They're either sin in and of themselves or they can quickly cause us to sin, especially if we aren't willing to listen to the warnings that we have going on all around us. See, all throughout the Bible, we find stories of people looking out for one another. We find stories throughout the Gospels of Jesus warning people, this is what's going to happen. If you keep living this way, it's right there in front of you. You're going to walk into it. But then he offers them another way. Folks, the only way that we're going to be able to imitate that, the only way we're going to be able to imitate Jesus in looking out for other people, is if we have our focus on God and that mission that he has given to us to go out and to share the good news with all creation, that there is a God and that God loves you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. That God loves you. No matter what, we start to lose that focus. We're going to start turning in on ourselves. And when we start turning in on ourselves, We're not going to be able to see anything going on around us. We're not going to be much good in helping other people. We're not going to be much good in serving God. And we're going to find that we end up running into poles all over the place. Because we don't have our eyes up. We're not listening to those warnings going on. The more we focus on ourselves, the more we focus on doing our will instead of God's, the more difficult we're going to make life for ourselves and for everybody else around us. Is this a time in your life when you feel like what you've been doing just doesn't seem to be working? Do you feel like you've been doing the same thing over and over and over again and just doesn't seem to be working? We all get to that point in our lives. Maybe it's time you take a step back. See if your will and God's will are lined up. Maybe it is. Maybe you just need to keep pushing through. But maybe it's not. Maybe God's got a different will than what yours is. Is it a time in your life when you feel like you aren't good enough? You aren't worthy enough? Maybe it's time you look in the mirror and see who it is that you've got staring back at you. Take a look in that mirror and see whose you are. How much good is deep within that divine image that you've been created in that seems to be staring back at you. You're special. You're loved. You're worthy of God's love. In just a few moments, each one of us is going to get to come to the altar. We're going to come to the altar with one another. And we're going to have an opportunity to examine our lives. So I invite you to bring those wants and those desires that just don't seem to be panning out. Put them in front of God. See what he says. See what he does. I invite you to bring those feelings of inadequacy, worklessness self-doubt. Bring them to the altar. Trade them in. Trade them in for some grace, some hope, some joy so that you can take those back out into the world and start sharing those things with other people. I invite you to bring the stress and the anger, the hurt that you might have been carrying around with you for a while. Bring those to the altar. Lay them before the throne of the Almighty. Watch him smile. Watch him say it's okay. And when you leave the table, know that it's been dealt with. Know that that grace is inside of you. God's wrapped his arms around you and said, I love you. You're my child. Now go love other people in my name. Folks, we spend so much of our lives looking for other things trying to get bigger and better things, trying to be better people, more beautiful people maybe. We spend so much of our focus not being okay with who it is that we are, who God's made us to be. You've got all you need. You've got all you could ever want in the love that God has for each one of you. You have all you could ever want in a king, in a Lord, in a Savior, in Jesus Christ. He's come. He's shown us what life should look like. He's lived for us. He's died for us. He's been risen for each one of us. And every moment, He's praying for every single one of us. Because He's not going to give up on any of us why don't we spend some time focused on that king? No matter what it is that you've had your head down looking at, no matter what screen you think is going to provide whatever you think you need in your life, maybe it's time to look up. Look up and see what's around you. Look up at the king that you've already got in your life. And go and serve him. Amen.